On this episode of Dear Future CRO, we talked to Kat Salazar, CEO and founder of WeThink, about identifying transferable skills, non-traditional talent, and the importance of developing soft skills to improve performance and create equity amongst teams. Hi, and welcome to Dear Future CRO, brought to you by Hunters and Unicorns, presented by Esther Iamu, founder and CEO of GrowthQ, and me, Kieran Bajar of Culture Crunch. Today, we're thrilled to be joined by Kat Salazar, CEO and founder at WeThink. Thanks, Kieran. It's a pleasure to be here. We are so, so juiced uh, for this conversation. It's a unique one for all of our listeners uh, because it's going into a topic that is very important to all of us, which is soft skills. Um, but before we dig into what you do, Kat, and the incredible uh, innovation that you're starting, can you tell us a bit about your career journey and give it, give us the narrative from your perspective, your lived experience? Uh, certainly, and it's a unique one, um, which I guess brings us to to my passion. Um, I grew up the daughter of an immigrant in Southern California. Um, my family's from Chile. I graduated high school at 14, and I went on to study philosophy. Um, and for me, what I learned is that the heart of what it means to be human is the fact that we have to work together and that we have to work on teams to build impactful things and also to feel most fulfilled. Um, so after starting two businesses, I worked with Kansas University's Achievement and Assessment Institute to help map out the sort of skills that we need to work best together. And it turns out those are the soft skills. Um, so it, we think we call those transferable skills because they're foundational to our success. However, we grow um, and as we learn new things and change and develop in our careers. Um, so I've spent the last 10 years focused on applying transferable skills, those soft skills to optimize the way that people perform, especially on teams. And I've done that across a lot of spaces. We've done that in sports, education, in military environments and in work environments. And now I'm the founder of WeThink. And I've taken all that I've learned and built this team intelligence platform that helps people and organizations really thrive in teams. We're focused right now on working um, really exclusively with partners that care to figure out how to deploy um, these performance programs and find high performing talent. So we've kind of taken what we've drawn from in that high performance space, high sports performance space, and we're connecting those awesome candidates and potential employees to employers um, that are interested in helping them develop their careers um, and achieving more. Wow. I mean, that's such a remarkable, remarkable story um, and a really interesting journey. Can I ask, how did you, how did you actually get into this business? And, and what do you think that, you know, the relevance is to sales in particular? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was, <laughs> it's one of those things where um, you kind of follow your passion and, and it feels like you, you've almost tripped into something. Um, and I pursued this journey. Uh, you know, honestly, I started out in, in, the, in the education and learning space. Um, and I like to think of education as really just growth or continuous evolution. Um, and we had some really amazing outcomes. So one of the first things that I wanted to prove more than 10 years ago was that if we focus on things like soft skills and transferable skills, we get wins, we get individual wins, whatever you're looking at, whether you're looking at an academic setting or whether you're looking at a, you know, a physical, physically challenging setting like athletics or extreme sports, 
um, or whether you're looking at, at work. Um, and it, it turns out that's true. You get a significant amount of performance increase by improving these skills. Then I wanted to prove that in teams because it occurred to me that we really, we rely so heavily on on teams as organizations in order to succeed, as a society in order to succeed. And the world is changing so rapidly. So um, we started working with high performance teams like the military and in sports. And the outcomes are, are the same there. And if you want to exponentially increase the performance of any team, you really want to focus on these skills. And it feels like a diversion, but it's not at all. It's really tied to fundamental performance metrics at the end of the day. So um, it's a relevance to sales, I think is pretty clear because if you want your team to work together, um, if you're running, um, if you're running teams and you need them to function together at all, this is one of the best ways that you can improve your performance by like up to 30% if you do it the right way. Um, so we've not done a good job to date of training and developing or even assessing these sorts of skills. And that's what I cared about. So I kind of, um, I ended up developing this pathway for myself. And when we work with high performing athletes, which again is the space that we're, we're coming from right now, it turns out that the, that sort of non-traditional talent that I care about a lot, um, that doesn't always have the right degree pathway, um, or the, um, just the journey that we're looking for on maybe more technical tracks, they often fit really well in and can develop um, sales and marketing and customer experience skill sets really rapidly and become high performers there. So um, that's that's the relationship, I think, to that that kind of division within um, business. Yeah, I love that. I love that you're, I mean, if this, to sum that up, really, you're helping leaders build business athletes within their teams, right? And looking at their skill sets and seeing how their skill sets can be transferable independent of the scenario on the outside, independent of, um, you know, the competitive dynamics, independent of the changes that are happening externally. How can we as a team really be true business athletes working together? Yeah, I love that. So we've thrown out a couple of terms and I'd love for you to, I mean, I, you and I have talked about this at nauseum. Karen and I have talked about this at nauseum. For our listeners who are listening here, can you help us define a few terms? One, non-traditional talent. Two, transferable skills. When I hear non-traditional talent, I think the person that's maybe not gone the route that everyone hears about. I went to this college and then I went straight into, you know, every year in college, I went to an internship, when I, which I never did. And then from there, go into your role. But what, what do you define as non-traditional talent? And then uh, what do you define as transferable skills? Absolutely. And I think that's a great question. Um, I think non-traditional talent is a big bucket, but to, to just give a really simple example, um, an athlete is non-traditional talent because you know, some of them haven't finished college, or even if they have, they've spent years working as a professional athlete. And there's, you know, there's a cap on the amount of time that they can really um, exist in that career successfully. And then they need to transition out, but they often don't have a resume. Um, right, right now, the way that we assess talent, right, is by looking at what did you do, right? What have you done for the last, you know, 10 to 20 years? And well, that's what you're going to do next. 
if you think about that, that's just so limiting. Um, so honestly, lots of people fit into the non-traditional talent bucket. Anybody that really wants to change from one career path to another, but our typical definition is somebody that that didn't, you know, didn't take all the steps that we think we ought to take in order to get and stay in a career. So much has shifted, though. So it's kind of an the way that we look at talent now. I think is is fairly obsolete. Um, people are and should be and are changing continuously and growing continuously. That's the coolest thing about being human, um, and having that option to shift is is just amazing because it's fun to change and grow. Um, again, it's what helps us to feel fulfilled and have a purpose. So while we're working with what is traditionally non-traditional talent, i.e. somebody like an athlete that hasn't had the career journey expected of them in order to um, you know, enter into a, a completely different kind of career because they can't continue to pursue professional athletics any longer, um, truthfully, transferable skills, this idea of, oh, sorry, I should probably stop and define that one first, but um, transferable skills are for us when we take a look at, um, I'm sorry, I'm going to stop and start again. I want to be well, Thank you. <clears throat> transferable skills are foundational human skills that enable you to do your job well, no matter what your job is, period. So examples of transferable skills are collaboration, time management, adaptability, active listening, assertiveness, self-control, growth mindset, intrinsic motivation, critical thinking, planning, productivity, and the list goes on. We think has maps over 167 nodes in our transferable skills network. Um, these are wildly important skills, and oftentimes we think about them really tritely. Um, because they're kind of big buckets and we have a lot of, I think, aphoristic wisdom around these sorts of skills, but they're, they're really malleable skills that we can learn. We just don't have great ways of learning them. A lot of what we do for non-traditional talent like athletes is take a look at what has your past experience been and then interpret that into a transferable skills profile. And then we've networked that transferable skills profile to other jobs and occupations and tasks and abilities. So we can help somebody that's transitioning from one career, see what their valuable core transferable skills are, which you know helps from a hope and a confidence perspective. Oh, I actually have these skills, um, certainly. And then we help them understand what their best next matches are given where their strengths are. And what's cool about that is instead of just you know, looking at somebody and saying, well, you can do anything that's really not useful. We've narrowed the options down and say, hey, these are probably your best options. And if you wanted to do something else, we can help you understand what your skill gaps are so that you can go and get the necessary training in order to bridge those skill gaps and do whatever it is that you want to do. We obviously talk about transferable skills a lot. And, you know, listening to everything that you've just said in terms of you're absolutely right saying to somebody oh you can do anything is literally that the least helpful thing that you could say to per to a person but the way in which you've distilled their key skills and actually laid out the well this is a a really good pathway for you as is this I mean that's really tangible um and really analyzing key skills transferable skills in that way is is remarkable but I'd like to ask you through your lens and, and given your vast experience, 
Why are transferable skills important? Sure. Um, I mean, they're so they're foundational for anybody that wants to really be the author of their own success. So they require um, at their at their lowest level self awareness. Um, you can't have change that you direct without self awareness. So transferable skills help you to own your own journey. Understanding your own transferable skills helps you to map the vision of where your journey's headed. So they work like a compass, if you will. And what we think is done is, is turn that into a platform so you don't have to do it all by yourself because there's a, there's a lot out there. There's a, there's a lot of data in the world and um, it's actually really confusing um, to get to know yourself really well. Uh, it's, you know, Socrates said that back in the day, the number one thing you can do is, is know yourself, but it's, it's the hardest journey to ever be on. Um, so we've helped to build, to build that, that compass for, for your, your career pathway. Um, and that's important. However, you're trying to grow your professional career, whether it is that you're trying to achieve a promotion along the same path that you're on right now, or you're trying to move laterally, um, or make a complete career jump. Um, and, and I think what's also super important and interesting, whether you're the owner of that pathway and you're holding the compass or whether you're managing, right. A group of people, um, and you're, you're, you're trying to help them, right. Calibrate their own compass, um, for the success of your organization and yourself is that what we can do by utilizing these lenses of transferable skills is open up equity, which we often don't do in organizations. I think we fought so hard to try to improve diversity, to improve inclusion, but equity is a really hard thing to, to do, right? And it's not just about outcomes. It's trying to help people from an opportunity perspective. And by providing this lens of transferable skills, we can say it really doesn't matter what your experience was or how different it was from mine or what we think is typical or normal, right? We can say, let's just translate that. Let's translate that into transferable skills. Let's take a look at everything that you've done and everywhere that you've been. Um, and then wherever you've come from, whatever you look like, we can take a look at what that compass looks like for you. And it's formative. It's forward looking. It isn't about summing up and judging where you've been. It's about taking a look at where can you go? And so it's a shift in mindset, both for the holder again of that compass and whoever else gets to view that that information, right? Um, is we're looking forward. How can we help you develop? How can we help you help us, right? Um, and then in, in turn, it informs anybody to management level for how we can best help our team succeed. I love, love, love this. And I, the reason I love that you brought up equity and how it aligns, you know, almost as uh, an ability for you to understand your own internal compass, but then also making that internal compass visible to others so they know how to engage with you um, is, is so profound. You have really helped us define diversity, equity, and inclusion. Now, most people hear that and think the entire three words is one noun and it's thrown on a board. And as long as I can find more women for my team, I've checked that box. And it isn't that. Diversity is bringing difference together. 
inclusion is once they get there, making sure everybody has a seat at the table and everybody's brought into the fold. And that is uncomfortable at times when people are different, but it's important if you want to really reap the benefits or bringing that difference together. But the missing link that is often not done is equity. And that's right in the middle of diversity, equity, inclusion for a reason. And that equity is making sure that once you've brought out that difference together, everyone's speaking the same language. And that language in your perspective with what we think is doing is leveraging your platform to, to have everybody's transferable skills be brought up to one language. So everyone as individuals know their own compass and everybody can read everybody else's compass. Right. Um, and I, you know, forgive me, Kieran like calls me out because I, I go into like metaphoric speak half the time. <laughs> so sorry about that. But it's so, it's so important. Right. I mean, um, you know, gosh, you could have two, there's an incredible book and I'm forgetting the name of it. Um, but you can have two people that really do love each other so much screaming. I love you at the top of their lungs. But if one person is speaking Japanese and the other person is speaking Spanish, they won't hear each other, right? And so think about that with, with skills, right? You can have one person with incredible talent in a certain area and another person with an incredible talent in another area. But if there's not an equitable way for that to be recognized, how do you utilize them on a team to really perform at your best, right? I, I love what you're doing. Are you in sales or looking to start a career in sales? Join our community at growth.co. For those looking to hire, let us help you build your talent bench. Create a profile at growthq.co. I, I, I would love to, I would love to take it up a, a notch, right? So if I'm, I'm the salesperson on the team, um, I can see where this is important, right? I want to identify my transferable skills, um, especially if I'm changing careers or changing subject matters or changing companies. I'm non-traditional talent now. All right, great. Let's now pivot to the role of the sales manager. Now I'm a sales manager and I've got, I've just joined my first day on the job and I've got this incredible team that I get to work with and I've got to make sense of their skills that are transferable to really help us perform better. Can you maybe speak to the perspective of the sales manager and how they can either recognize transferable skills or figure out how to leverage or engage with them? Yeah, um, certainly. So it's, uh, you said something really important earlier, Esther, um, which is what we work to do, what we think, and that's having a common language for these, these sorts of skills. Um, and it, it ties ties back into how I, I I addressed one of your earlier questions, Karen, which is to say that some of these skills are so trite. We think we know what they mean. We think we know what communication it means. We think we know what listening means, um, but we don't often all have a shared or common definition of those particular terms. And this ties so deeply into culture and values. Um, and that matters, right? If we're not all rowing in the same direction, we're not going to win, right? Um, so if if you're coming in as a sales manager, right, in a leadership position, it's your job to make sure that everybody's rowing in the right direction. And if you're on a new team that's already been working together, then one of the things you could do is use a platform like WeThinks 
to help calibrate the understanding of what, how everybody's thinking about these skills. Um, we have we have two particular tools. One of them does a skills translation, and one of them helps you to understand where everybody's at with these transferable skills in their journey, where teams are at. Um, and by doing that, you can level set on what the um, what the best practices are, what existing practices are. If you're new, if you're new to a team in a leader leadership position, um, and get a better understanding of the current culture and values, um, and if that aligns to what your objectives are, um, or if it needs to shift, then you have actionable steps to take in order to shift. Um, because you know, culture might be comprised of a set of values, but what are values, um, and how do we quantify those things? We, you need to understand what behaviors stand behind them, what behaviors you're expecting, right? And it really boils down to a grouping or a subset of these sorts of transferable skills and the ones that you're putting most emphasis on for, for a given organization, right, or team. We've talked about how these skills and um, these traits can really galvanize a culture and, and can really propel um, a team from a sales leader's perspective to, to, to really create cohesion for his or her team. But how do you think, Kat, that these skills can impact the bottom line of any company? So if we go from that perspective, how what impact does it make there? Yep. Um, so first, we talked a little bit about how the skills affect performance, right? They increase performance by 30%. And I mentioned they're tied to culture, um, right? And, you know, again, like Patrick Lencini says um, in his book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, if you could get all the people in an organization rowing in the same direction, you could dominate in any industry, in any market against any competition at any time, right? It's a really great idea, but how do you do that? Um, and I think Hendricks did a fantastic study last year um, and they focused on CEOs and they found that the vast majority of CEOs, I think it's 82%, um, but don't quote me <laughs> on that one, um, but it's, it's in the, it's, it's in the, the 80th percentile. Um, a vast number of CEOs were focused on culture, um, or at least they said they were. But when you dug into the data, not many of them looked at culture as driving financial performance. And so their initiatives were embedded differently um, or they weren't embedded. Um, it was just something that, you know, they thought they should focus on, if that made sense. But for the the culture connectors, this, the group of CEOs that really looked at culture initiatives as intentionally driving financial performance, they had double the financial performance of other companies. So it was like a 9.1, um, you know, year over year compound growth compared to 4.4%, which is an insane difference. And we see those same numbers in DEI initiatives that are embedded correctly. We know that they improve outcomes quickly, but we just happen to be kind of bad at figuring out how to truly embed them. And I think it feels like a leap because we're not sure that that's actually going to do something. Um, like I mentioned before, um, things like transferable skills or soft skills sort of feel like a diversion, right? Um, and it sort of takes um, belief to be able to implement something like this, but they, they do truly, if they're implemented correctly, uh, improve performance significantly and quickly. So. Yeah, and, and can I tell you, you're speaking the language of every listener right now because salespeople, as you know, we are coin operated. And if this is going to help my team 
perform better, which means more dollars in all of our pocket, it, 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 it springs attention. Um, I want to call everyone's attention to data around why diversity, equity, and inclusion is not just something for, you know, to check a box, but specifically for sales teams mean you perform better. Forrester in 2021 commissioned a study, or excuse me, LinkedIn commissioned a study with Forrester to um, take a look at how de- diversity, equity, and inclusion affects the performance of sales teams. And they found they perform better. They get better attainment. They get, I mean, one of the stats that st- stuck out to me was the teams that they, the sales teams that they saw had leading diversity, equity, inclusion practices, had lead to, um, had opportunity to lead conversion, excuse me, lead to opportunity conversion rates at 54% compared to laggards. So those that were lagging in having intentional diversity, equity, inclusion practices saw lead to opportunity conversion at only 26%. So it's not just the, hey, check the box and we can get more of X, Y, Z on our team. It actually means that you will blow out your number by bringing difference to your team that will look at a problem differently, right? Um, so I love that you brought attention to that because it's it's not just about, I mean, yes, it's to help your team perform, but it really translates into dollars for sales teams. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, and can you imagine if you combine some of those diversity and um, inclusivity initiatives with an equity opportunity, like a transferable skills platform, right? Where you're bringing data um, to the table around the skills that we know matter most for performance. Um, that's a, it's a real win. So if, if you want to win, this, the focus on these skills is just, I mean, the, the studies are all there. Um, this is where it's at. I was going to ask, why should we measure um, <laughs> transferable skills right. and, how <laughs> right. and how does it translate to the bottom line? But I'm going to cross that question off my list because I feel like um, that was really comprehensively kind of already addressed and answered. Um, so are we able, if, if you, uh, you guys don't mind, are we able to just pivot for a moment? Um, I'm really keen to understand, Kat, your thoughts on mentorship. I mean, this is something that Esther and I genuinely hours we've spoken about this for. Um, How, you know, in your view, what's the importance of mentorship? And um, yeah, let me ask that. And then then we can review. It's quite a big question. Sure. Um, I think mentorship is wildly important um, for for a number of reasons, but mentorships create an up and down dialogue that I think is wildly important in any organization and can truly accelerate culture um, and embed culture at different levels in an organization. I think mentorships are instrumental for accelerated self-development and career direction and growth. Um, And the right mentor can help you grow your strengths, understand your weaknesses, and of course, again, help embed values and culture of an organization. and that, that's, yeah, I think it's an unbeatable thing to do <laughs> in an organization if you can create mentor matches. Absolutely. And if, if I can just continue that. So how should sales mentors specifically treat a, a, and recognize the transferable skills that we've been discussing today? Sure. Um, so I think transferable skills are are important. Um 
when it comes to mentorship in a, in a lot of ways. First, pairing. Um, so like I said, the, the right mentor can help you succeed. So by understanding transferable skills or, or having that compass in front of you, um, which helps you to understand your likely best next steps and career paths, um, as well as a mentee's interests, um, you could better match a mentor um, and help them level up their skills. So it, you know, within any given line of business in an organization, and so for, in this instance, sales, you could best match um, match up your 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 mentees with with a mentor that's going to take them into that future future role, right, or help them. Um, and then second, I think giving a mentor insights to a mentee's skills and interests and that compass, like I said, for potential pathways helps focus the conversation, right? So you can be clear from the get-go um, as to how you can best help somebody succeed. So there's a direction, um, there's scenarios that can be worked through. So you're much more likely to engage any given mentee. Um, and I mean, I guess from an organizational perspective, retain them as well, which would be wildly important. Um, but there is a clear starting path. Um, and I think that's, that's super important. Yeah. So, so appreciate your, your, your covering that. I mean, as, as we talk about often, um, and as you know, um, this is a huge passion for what we do at growth queue in, um, first, uh, identifying skill sets and and one that you know we think we'll be collaborating on to help our sales uh, folks do that, but then also giving that insights to both the mentee and mentor so they can have a fruitful conversation to, like you said, help them level up, right? Um, and everyone um, wants to get better, uh, giving them now the tools to be able to recognize uh, or, or standard language to be able to communicate that so that they know where they'd like to get better and how. Um, it is so critical. So really love that you, you outline that piece. Um, okay. This is my favorite part. I get to ask this question and why I'm so passionate about this question is, um, the groups that we bring to people we bring together in these conversations, um, are groups I wish I would have saw or innovations I would have seen earlier on in my career. Um, and so this question is going to our, this is specifically for all of our listeners and it's our love letter to all of our listeners um, to help them on their journey as they prepare to be revenue leaders. So help me finish this sentence, Kat. Dear future CRO, and then what advice would you give to that, uh, that person listening right now? Sure. Um, well, your job is to create and lead cross-functional teams focused on revenue generation. And that is a role that will always be evolving. Um, and because of the rapidity of that evolution, um, more than, than maybe almost any other leader, I would encourage you to invest in yourself and your teams by bolstering transferable skills, which measurably bolster culture and strengthen financial performance because these skills encourage people to be better performers, hands down and predictably. I love wow. it. One take. So good. <laughs> that was great. Kat, we are so grateful that you had this conversation with us. And I know if I'm a revenue leader right now, or even a sales person right now, 
I'm listening to this and I'm eager to figure out how I learn my transferable skills or how I get more involved. So can you share with us how any of our listeners right now can get engaged or collaborate or get in touch with uh, the work that we think? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks, Esther. Um, well, we're working with a limited set of partners. So if you're interested um, and you want to turbocharge your career journey or your team's journey, um, you can hit me up at Katrina at wethinkteams.com or you can go to our website, wethinkteams.com and um, submit, get involved and uh, we'll reach out to you and we'd, we'd love to have a conversation. I love it. I love it. Oh my goodness, Kat. Thank you so very much for um, sharing your insights with us, um, for really digging into the purpose of uh, transferable skills, how to identify them and ways to leverage uh, the We Think, we think platform um, to be able to do so. So we're really appreciative of this conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kat. I, I mean, we've all learned a huge amount for me personally I think the weight that you have really given transferable skills which we you know we've always spoken about transferable skills in office environments in work platforms you know we know transferable skills are important um but to really kind of dissect it and go into it in more granular detail and then to be able to translate the the impact it makes to to build high functioning teams, whether in a sales environment or otherwise, as, as you've pointed out, is um, is really insightful and uh, and something that I know our, our viewers as well as Esther and I will take with us moving forward. So yeah, thank you so much for your time, Kat. Thank you both. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate the insightful questions. Great. Well, thank you again, Kat, and of course, my amazing co-host, Esther, uh, for today's session. Uh, a huge thank you to our listeners for tuning in today. If you would like to see more and hear more, then please hit the subscribe button. And we look forward to seeing you next time on Dear Future CRO. Until then, look after yourselves. Bye-bye.